Hello and welcome everyone. My name is Matt and this is Journey to Freedom podcast. This show is all about traveling, financial freedom, success stories, and so much more. In this podcast, I talk with a diverse community of people about their stories from around the world and my own life experiences with traveling and finance. Join me to my weekly series to learn more. Hello and happy Friday. I hope you've been enjoying the past few episodes of the Journey to Freedom. If you have missed some of them, I have recently covered Investing 101 with Corbin Elliott, how to take your work on the road with Crosby Grace, and also how to plan a road trip in Scotland with Third Eye Traveler. And today I'm thrilled to be continuing our topic of travel and finance by connecting with Jillian and Stephanie from our Freedom Years. Jillian and Stephanie are a couple who retired early and traveled the world full-time. Their goal is to inspire others to have more freedom and adventure in your life. You can follow their journey on their blog as well, on, as, well as on YouTube and Instagram channel. You'll find a lot of great tips, advice, and information on how to retire early and how to travel the world. Today, I want to talk a little bit more about their story why they have decided to travel full-time within Europe, some of their tips on planning a trip of a lifetime, and definitely want to touch on how to budget for all of it. So Jillian and Stephanie, thanks a lot for being with me today. Hey, thanks so much for having us, Matthew. Awesome. It's great having you here. Really great uh, connecting with you. I do have a lot of questions. Obviously, I want to talk a little bit more about finance and travel as well. Two of the topics that uh, I'm really passionate about, and I know you've been on the like I said, you've been on the road for quite some time. So let's just start from the beginning. And if you can share with um, with us about your story and, you know, financial freedom story and how long, how long you've been on the road for as well. Sure. So we can tackle that in two parts, starting with the financial freedom. So I, I think it all started when we were sitting in Singapore. We were working as expats at the time. And we had our dream jobs. We had our dream life. It was amazing. So we we had this amazing apartment in Singapore. We could travel throughout the region. It was something we had been working towards for some time. And we should have been so happy. But in fact, we were very stressed out. I was um, in particular very stressed out because I had really bought into the idea that if I wanted to be fulfilled in life, then I had to, you know, get all my validation from an incredible career. And I would know my career is incredible because I was working long hours and every weekend. Um, So eventually, I burnt out. And I turned to Jillian and I said, "I'm, I'm ready to make a change. Let's talk about it. Yeah, so I kind of uh, soon into our time in Singapore started having these thoughts maybe a little earlier than Stephanie and thinking to myself like, if we've made it, then why don't I feel like I want to live like this the rest of my life? You know, if all my dreams have come true, maybe there is something more. And, you know, I started looking online and uh, eventually came across the financial independence, retire early movement. And so I was getting into the blogs and the vlogs and the podcasts and all of that. And I slowly started feeding them to Stephanie saying, hey, like, maybe you want to take a look at this. You know, do you think this is something that might be for us? So I I'd say about the time when she was getting really burned out, she finally was willing to take a look and she, it was just like, she turned on a dime. She was like, yes, this is something that we can do. Let's like take a look. You know, we've been saving all this time. 
um, let's take a look at our numbers and see if this is something that's actually achievable for us. Yeah, that was really an eye opener for me. I had never considered that you could actually not work. <laughs> that that just never occurred to me. I thought for sure you got to keep plugging 65, maybe 75. Who knows? You just stay in the office forever. But this was life-changing to understand that there were people out there that figured out their finances and could actually step away from work and live whatever life they wanted to live, which I think that brings us to the second part of your question about the travel. Um, so the dream that we came up with together, we had always loved travel. It was actually one of the reasons we moved to Singapore to begin with is because we wanted to see a different part of the world from Canada where we had been born and raised and had our careers. So knowing that if we got the math right, if we organized our finances properly, that we could actually travel full time was just an amazing idea. And we have now been traveling for almost two years full time. That is great. I, I love the story. And I love that, you know, I think not a lot of people realize that it is actually achievable, that it is possible to, to, you know, travel full time and actually not have a job, right, in order to, um, you know, I think a lot of people don't realize that as well, that the moment you pretty much stop working, you're able to travel. You're able, if you stop, if you start investing, right, of course, if you save money and if you're really smart with it, then you're actually able to drop off the, the rat race pretty much uh, in early stages of your life. So you don't have to work until you're 70, you know, 60 or 70 years old, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. And that brings me to another question that I have for you is about, uh, you know, financial freedom as well. And some of the, your strategies, investments, and how were you actually able to achieve it? If you can share with us how how people that maybe that want to start, uh, you know, on their on their uh, financial freedom, or maybe they're already in the financial freedom uh, movement, how they can achieve that. So I mentioned already that you know we had been saving from the like. From our first jobs, we had always, you know, tucked something away, uh, basically as much as we could all the way along. But, um, you know, but and and investing it as well. But by the time we were in Singapore, our costs were really quite high. You know, they had crept up and up. And especially once you get in that kind of comfortable spot, um, uh, you say, "Well, I've got all these savings, and there are all these experiences available. I can travel." you know, our expenses were going up and up. And so when we first were thinking about, you know, this concept of retiring early, it really seemed impossible because the amount of money that we were spending each year, you know, if we applied the kind of math that you see in order to figure out how much you need to retire, you know, we were going to need like $5 million, you know, $10 million, who knows? So that's when we really had to knuckle down and look at, okay, exactly, you know, where is our money going and getting a grip on our spending so that really, you know, the money we were spending uh, is on the things that we value and that the rest we keep for, you know, to keep for the future. So that's a really nice way of saying we became very frugal. So <laughs> yeah. we went from spending, not even thinking about it, but spending lots of money, you know, whether it was on trips or nice dinners out with our friends or, you know, maybe even like beauty services or just all the regular things. Maybe it was clothes, all the things that kind of make up that sort of middle class working life. We started instead saving our money and it just made such a huge difference. And how does it work for you? Because from what I, I saw on your YouTube channel, Jillian, you're more of a frugal person. <laughs> you're more of a spender, if I can say that, right? Yeah. How are you able I, to... <laughs> Go ahead. 
Well, I think it helped that, you know, when, when Stephanie sets her mind on something, you know, she, she goes hard. So just as much as she was like very into her career and climbing the corporate ladder, when she had this, once we, we had this goal of retiring early, it was like everything that she could do to make that happen, she was going to do it. So she was the first one to say, Hey, like, where can we slash costs? Uh, you know, get let's let's get a, a budget going. So it wasn't actually difficult once she got on board with the whole idea. Okay, and then how about like some of the strategy or investments? Because I know a lot of people might think that, of course, you can just uh, quit your job and maybe save maybe five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars, and then you can travel. Obviously, that's not the way it works, right? Obviously, you got to start investing because that money. Uh, has to grow somehow. How does it work for yeah. you and what kind of investments are we talking about? Sure. So, I mean, uh, to make it sustainable, you you definitely need to be getting some return on your savings. Um, we, I guess we have two main buckets for our investments. One would be our equities. So, you know, stock market investments. And then the other part would be fixed income. So investments that provide like a regular steady return uh, interest. So um, I'll say for our fixed income, we're invested in something that's a, a little different. Not that many people are into it. It's something called a syndicated mortgage investing. And it basically, these are um, large mortgages for like, say, construction projects um, uh, that get split up between multiple investors. So we would just have um, small pieces of multiple different projects and they provide us interest. And that's what we're living on as our, uh, our, our cash flow that's coming in. But then, of course, the other piece, um, which is very important and probably makes up the bulk of most people's portfolio, would be the equities. And, and for that, um, you know, in the past, we we stock picked, we, we did this and that, we dabbled. Now what we do is very straightforward. We're invested in uh, low cost index funds. So to be as diversified as possible. And we're basically owning like a tiny little sliver of every company in the world, or at least every one that, you know, uh, is, is uh, high enough on the stock market. So we're not just invested in, in the US, uh, we're invested in the whole world. And we really just have one fund that uh, invests in the whole world. So we don't even need to worry about um, rebalancing. So it's actually a very straightforward, but uh, effective, I think, way to invest. You, you, I'm not gonna lie, you got me a little bit excited right here. I could talk about <laughs> finance. I got to talk about finance for for quite some time, but I want to dive a little bit more into the topic of today and about travel as well, because I know a lot of people are in, interested about that as well. And the uh, question that I have for you is, why did you decide to actually travel full time within Europe? I know people usually tend to stay maybe in Canada or U.S. or maybe in Asia, but you decided to to come to Europe, which is really great. How did that happen? Sure. So we, during the six years that we spent in Singapore, we had some amazing experiences going all through Southeast Asia. So we got to hit all those places that we had always dreamed of, but never knew when we would visit. So we got to visit them. And sometimes it was even as fast as a long weekend trip because travel can be so cheap once you're already in Asia. So after that six years of, of Asia, we thought, we really want to explore Europe. We've had a couple trips here and there, but this is a part of the world that we just haven't spent that much time in. Um, and not only that, but it is also a very pet friendly part of the world because of course, it's not just the two of us traveling, we're also traveling with our two little dogs. So Europe is um, a region where we can go in cafes and restaurants, take our dogs on the transit, all the things we cannot do in Singapore. Or even Canada or, <laughs> or US even for that matter. The US. Yeah. So that's been a lot 
lot of fun and it's a great way to sort of start off our travels and we expect to explore other regions of the world as we get further in. And from what I read also, you've been to Poland as well. Is that correct? Yeah, <laughs> actually, yeah, it was the first first place we went. Uh, and uh, uh, the way we, we chose it um, was it was actually the, the cheapest direct flight from Singapore. And it turned out to be just a great place to go. And I think somewhere we definitely like to return to. We really enjoyed our time. And uh, from what we hear, it, there's so much more to see. Awesome. Appreciate it. I think you went to, you went to Krakow, right? You, you we did. You spent there a few weeks, I believe so. Yes. Which is great. So if you're in Warsaw next time, just let me know. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay. And then another question that I have for you is for those who would like to, you know, travel, venture out a little bit from their own comfort zone and they would like to travel the world, let's just say, right? They would like to plan a trip. What would be some of your tips that you could think of when it comes to, uh, you know, traveling the world? If someone wants to plan a, a trip of a lifetime, let's just say, but they've never really been anywhere. What are some of the things that you can think of that people should should consider? I think one tip I would give is a really basic one, which is just um, not to bring along everything you think you might need just in case. So that was a real mistake that we made when we were setting out on our journey. We had very large suitcases and we filled them with every single thing we thought we could possibly use for the next year. And what happened as a result is I had a suitcase I could barely lift on my own. We struggled every time we had to get on a train and a car everywhere. We just, we never felt very nimble and free as we were running through a city. So that's one thing that people should really consider is, you know, what is the bare essential that you might need so you can feel free. And then as you go through your journey, if there's something that's missing, you can just pick it up as you, you know, as you encounter the need. The other thing that I would say is to try not to go too quickly. I think when you haven't been anywhere, your instinct is, oh, I want to see everywhere. I want to go as fast as possible, you know, every week, a new country. And I can tell you that it will just become a blur. You won't enjoy your time as much. If you go slowly and you enjoy the experience, you know, there's so much more to be gained once you really soak in a place. Um, and it just makes it more sustainable. I don't know too many people who can keep up that pace, you know, for, for a longer term, if it is someone who's planning to travel longer term. So that would be my tip. Definitely. And then that's something I really, really want to talk about as well, just a little bit of, about the concept that um, I heard on your channel as well. It's a, it's a, um, it's a concept of slow travel, right? Um, can we talk a little bit more about that and uh, how do you define it and why is it so much so much more beneficial than just traveling for, let's just say, for two days to New York? So for us, we have defined it as spending at least a month or two in each of our destinations. And sometimes that could evolve into maybe a few months in a country. So we spend a little bit of time in one city and then we move on to the next city. But it's really about taking our time in each place. It is up to the individual. So that's just for us, you know, blocking things off by by a month. But for anyone, it could be maybe spending three months in a place. Maybe it's spending six months in a place. It's just a way of um, getting to know a place and the people and the culture. And, and really feeling a bit more like you're living there. 
You know, Um, I find it's like when I'm in a new neighborhood, the first time I walk down the street, you know, it might be kind of chaotic and hard to really absorb what I'm seeing. And then as you, you know, day after day, you start to see things you notice, you know, you notice like the habits of people and you see what's going on and you notice more details. Um, And so I think that's really where the richness comes, um, as opposed to when you just buzz through and it can be quite overwhelming. It, I think that's exactly what it is. It's about exploring the place and also understanding a little bit more the, about the culture, right? Because when people travel just for just a few days to just one place, they tend to just see the most, uh, you know, touristy places, I would say, yeah. but they don't really get the idea of how the, the city or the people really work in that place. So a, an idea of slow travel is really great for those who have a little bit more of the freedom, I would say, um, but also I would say finances as well. That's another thing I want to yes. know a little bit more from you. Because, uh, you know, for for those who might not be too familiar with the slow travel, obviously, idea, why would you say that it's actually more affordable than going to just a weekend trip somewhere? It's definitely more affordable. I mean, when I think back to how much we used to spend on our shorter trips, you know, a trip of like a week could cost almost as much as what we spend in a month now. So a big part of that is accommodations. So when you're able to book an apartment for a month, um, you get a, a much uh, you know lower rate than say booking a hotel. It also allows you to you know cook some of your own meals, um, and of course that doesn't mean going out and enjoying the restaurants, but it actually allows you to feel like a bit more local. You go to the market, you do some shopping, and you know it just feels like a more normal kind of pace of life. Then of course you also save on the transportation costs because you're not paying to go somewhere new you know, every every week um, or, or in the case of a trip, you know, for a one week trip, maybe you're paying a few thousand dollars to fly somewhere. But here, you know, you pay once, then maybe you'll pay for a train here or there. But, you know, your transportation costs really get spread over a much longer period. So definitely, um, you know, uh, tra- traveling over a longer period of time is much less expensive than when you're just doing short trips. And would you say that slow travel works actually for both Europe and Asia and maybe even U.S.? or would you say there is a specific region that people should think of? I, I mean, I think it works anywhere you want to be. So it's always going to be more expensive to just spend a short amount of time anywhere. And the easy proof is just to look on Airbnb and you'll quickly see that any place you want to rent for one night, you'll actually get a 30 to 40% discount if you rent it for a full month. So it just, you quickly see how the savings can accumulate and it becomes a very affordable lifestyle. So for us, it's actually been a great way to have a cost-effective early retirement because we are able to move around um, from one low-cost destination to another, and then maybe we'll spend some time in a high-cost destination, and then we even it out by spending a couple more months in a low-cost place. So it's really a great way of managing our finances Mm -hmm. overall. Plus, we get all these amazing experiences. I will say, I I mean, it is... uh... Uh, more expensive to stay in an Airbnb than say you're staying somewhere long term. But the beauty of it, as Stephanie said, you can balance things off by staying in low cost destinations some of the time and still have those um, higher cost experiences as well. And then it kind of comes out uh, even in the end if you play, if you do things right. Gotcha. Okay. And since we're actually talking, we're on the topic of finances as well. Let's talk a little bit more about budgeting uh, for the trip, right? Because you know, finding a place or maybe just getting a, a 
plane ticket, it's, it shouldn't be a, a problem. But if someone wants to travel, whether they want to travel just for a little bit, just for a few days, or maybe they want to do a slow travel, right? They want to stay for a few weeks or maybe even a few months. How should people actually budget? What are some of the things that people should consider before? So I always suggest that people start with a quick self-evaluation and really understand what are their tastes and preferences. Um, because, you know, back when we, before we started doing this travel lifestyle, I had some really lofty ideas in my mind of the kind of way that I wanted to travel and it was going to be five-star hotels and fancy meals. But once I really evaluated what is the day-to-day -day experience that I want when we're on the road full-time, we were able to come up with something that more reflected the kind of lifestyle that we actually wanted to have. So each person needs to understand for themselves, first of all, you know, are you someone that needs to always fly, you know, business? Are you comfortable in economy? Do you need that five-star or boutique hotel? Or are you comfortable in maybe a simple apartment or shared accommodations, a hostel? Or are you someone who would be very interested in trading services for room and board um, or doing house sitting. So there are so many ways to approach it. It really depends on what, you know, what your tastes and preferences are, and then you can start to shape your budget around that. Okay. And then that it goes back to then the topic that we just talked about is when you travel in a couple, right? Just like both of you. Since both of you and then a lot of people, when they're in a relationship, they might have different sort of idea what how they want to spend their time or what they want to spend money on. How do you actually, you know, able to communicate with each other and then make that decision and be like, okay, we're going to just stay in, in a hostel today, for example, instead of, you know, Ritz Carlton, for example. I can't wait to hear Jillian's answer. <laughs> I well, <laughs> I mean, fortunately for us both, um, uh, like Stephanie, I like to have my own space, my own apartment that we have. So as much as maybe in my younger years, I was all about, you know, staying in hostels and, and that kind of thing. I recognize that for longer term, it is good to have our own space. I think... Um, in the beginning when we were traveling, I kept insisting on maybe a little bit more, uh, let's say rough around the edges accommodations. Um, but I realized that, um, you know, maybe increasing our price, price, price point just a little, that we would be a little bit more comfortable or more importantly, Stephanie would be more comfortable and that would make me more comfortable. <laughs> so I think um, it's just about keeping, you know, an, an open dialogue about it, but as well having a budget. So if you can agree on the budget, then you're less likely to, um, you know, it, it gives you something to work within um, and, uh, you know, something to look towards. And of course, sometimes you need to reevaluate. We have actually adjusted our accommodation budget. But of course, we de decrease in some other areas. We realized that entertainment, you know, most of the things we like to do really didn't cost very much money. You know, we like walking around the cities we're in, um, you know, maybe going to uh, a few museums, that kind of thing. But really, we had some room to spare in other areas. So, um, yeah, working within a budget and sort of negotiating uh, between <laughs> the two parties to figure out, you know, where money should go Um I mean, I think in a marriage, we need to be able to communicate. So it's been a very good exercise in improving our communication. Yes. And I just to quickly add to that for any anyone who is looking to travel long term in in a couple or a partnership or with another person where they get to spend a lot of time together. It really is a lot of time together when you're traveling. So communication is definitely essential, whether it's a budget or any other travel topic. And uh, Stephanie, was Jillian's answer okay, or was it was it all right, right? 
I found it honest and satisfactory. <laughs> That's important. That's important. Awesome. Okay. And another question that I have for you is about、uh, maybe some sort of a idea on how to budget it, right? For some people, they love spreadsheets. Some people just write, like writing it down and maybe notes. I know that you share a lot of information about that as well on your page that I want to talk about in just a little bit.、Um, how can actually people find information about your blog and how can people? You know,、uh, get those hacks and tips and spreadsheets、uh, if they want to travel the world. So, our, our blog is ourfreedomyears.com. And right within our blog, in the main navigation, there's a button that says free stuff. So, that's the place to start. So, we have a lot of different downloads that we've created just to help people along. We have packing lists, we, have, we share what our average budget is that we plan around each month. And then we also have,、um, it's, it's not free, there's a small charge attached, but we also have a budget for your own adventure workbook, which includes、um, a quiz so, to help you evaluate what your travel style is and therefore how much money you might need to think about.、Um, it has a lot of the budgeting resources that we turn to. So we've done so much research in charting our own journey. So we wanted to pass along all of that. And it also has some spreadsheets attached. In terms of how people do things for themselves, I mean, there's not really any one right way. We've, we've provided spreadsheets. We love a good Excel spreadsheet, but、um, no one should feel intimidated by that or feel that that's how they need to do it. A pen and paper, all you need really to get started. And what, what I would say is once you understand,、um, you know, The, the kind of tier of trip you're comfortable with. If you're comfortable with hostels and, and with making your own way around town versus you know, boutique hotels and cabs, then you, know, you already have a good place, a good understanding of yourself. I would say first start with what is the region? What are the countries you want to spend time in?、Um, I would suggest looking at what the flights are to get in and out of that region or country. If you don't have a big budget, maybe try to focus in one or two countries that are very close together.、Um, if, you, if you have more money to spend, then you can start looking at hopping from continent to continent.、Um, so, flights are a really key part of any budget, accommodations, and food. And then, entertainment is as much or as little as you would like. So, we do have a lot of tips there,、um, but it really comes back down to you know, what are your personal priorities when you get out there and start exploring the world and then start attaching costs to that.、Um, and it, and it, it, ultimately, it will take a little bit of research to come up with a, a good workable budget, but then you can feel confident setting off. So, with, within the workbook,、um, there, there are the tools to really. Calculate you know, an approximate budget for yourself. But like Stephanie said, that can be maybe a little bit overwhelming. So the other thing that's in there are、um, some example budgets that we've come across from different、um, you know, different sources. So we share、uh, where you can find those, and they cross different k i n d of price points. So once you figure out kind of where what your level of luxury or you know, frugality is, then you can see some other example budgets from other people. So you basically take a look at Those、um, and then factor in your transportation costs,、mm. and, and that's the main,、yeah. the main things covered. So, those examples include blogs that we used ourselves、yes. when we were researching. Exactly. And we had those them, same questions. Exactly. So, some of them are solo travelers, some of them travel in a couple, some of them family, and then some of them are actually traveling with pets the way we do. So, we wanted to provide a lot of range for people depending on their own personal situation. 
That's great. Thank you so much for, you know, for letting us know. And then also I'm going to make sure to put all the information that we just covered and your page and YouTube, everything on my description. So people can just follow you and then find that information. Um, but, you know, just just like something I said right before we started recording, I really want to appreciate you putting all this information because I know a lot of people want to have the same, you know, freedom. They want to enjoy their life. They want to uh, travel the world. And, you know, with you sharing this information, all the tips and hacks are really, really beneficial. So I appreciate that a lot. Oh, you're quite welcome. It's super fun uh, having our YouTube channel and making all these videos everywhere we go. So uh, we're really glad that you enjoy them. Of course. And then one of the last questions that I have for you is uh, maybe a destination or some of the places that you have been to, or maybe you can recommend uh, when it comes to traveling, uh, maybe just for a few days, or maybe like you said, for a slow travel. Some of your experiences where you've been that you've enjoyed and you would definitely want to recommend to someone that would love to explore the world, except of Singapore, because Singapore. Is <laughs> well, I think yeah. one of our latest favorites is actually Serbia. Yeah, we have had such a great time here. It was so unexpected. We we didn't know what Serbia, what Belgrade or Novi Sad are like today. And they're wonderful destinations. We felt that Belgrade had a lot to offer. It was a very sophisticated city. It was a lot of fun to be there. There's a lot of international dining, great sites. And then we came to Novi Sad, which is a much smaller city. And it has been a great base for hiking, visiting historic monasteries, going to wineries. So there's been a lot for us here. And it was just very unexpected and a pleasant surprise. Maybe one other place I'll mention, and to be honest, Honest, in the last couple years of travel, we've been so many places that I'd recommend. But one other one that I guess surprised us a bit or that we didn't know what to expect was Turkey. So, um, you know, we we went to Istanbul, which is like a really vibrant city, you know, a lot of lot of fun. Uh, and then we also went uh, down to the turquoise coast, which is on the Mediterranean. And it's just gorgeous. It's a great destination for the winter um, uh, where it stays, you know, quite a bit warmer than many places in Europe. So that's a little tip for those people who are maybe trying to avoid the Schengen zone. You know, they need to stay outside of Europe, but they still want a warmer weather destination. Um, but we keep finding ourselves back in Turkey. We were back in Istanbul again. So, yeah, that, that's a definitely another one uh, to put on people's uh, list. And would you say that both of those places are more of a uh, budget friendly or not necessarily? Definitely. Very, very much. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Perfect. And the last question for you is how can people find you online on social media? How can people follow your journey? So they can follow us on YouTube. So we put out a brand new video every single Sunday. So always happy when people watch our videos. And then even better, we love hearing from our audience. So we found that people share their own stories, which is really great, and actually comment on other people's stories. Um, so it feels like a real sense of community there. And then, of course, we have our blog, ourfreedomyears.com. And we're also on Instagram, and we often share sort of the behind the scenes what we're doing right now on instagram stories perfect awesome jillian and stephanie really appreciate you being right here if you're ever in poland let me know i'm not too far away for <laughs> sure maybe, maybe one day in singapore we'll see how it goes but i appreciate you being right here sharing all the tips uh thank you so much and have a thank great you day. it was a lot of fun thanks a lot for joining the podcast Please make sure to subscribe, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, and also let your friends and family know about Journey to Freedom. Also, consider supporting me on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash journey to freedom. 
Patreon is a membership platform that allows you to connect with me on a one-on-one basis. It's a place where I share exclusive content such as personal spreadsheets, traveling tips and advice, and of course, show notes from every single episode. It's a place where you can find a lot of insightful links, files, and so much more. Thanks a lot for listening, and I'll catch you on the next one.